You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back to episode 51 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Brandon Rendini Fitness.com. Brandon Rendini Fitness.com, where fitness and lifestyle go hand in hand. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co host, Chris. You. What's up, buddy? Worst morning in my life. Yeah, it's about 20 after 8, Sunday morning. Worst gonna... way I've ever started any of my days in my life. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's probably. No, probably no, not. No, none having worse to see you this early. Than having to see you at 8, 8 a.m. on a Sunday. I'm going to apologize again. How awful I sound. I'm not fully over this man flu or whatever the hell it is. It's a, it's a girl cold. That's what it is. Right. See, the difference between me and you is that you just carry germs naturally because you're such a skank. If you're going to sound like this, can I eat crackers during the show? I don't know. Would the fans be okay with you eating crackers during the show? I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. I'll just eat one. Mm. All right. Anyway, um, Sunday morning here. We're going to get this out since Chris is going to be traveling today. We're going to do a special Sunday release for you guys to listen to before Game 3 of the Subway Series. Uh, Luis Severino will take the ball at just uh, in the bottom of the first inning. It should maybe be nine eight nine o'clock if the Yankees rock Seth Lugo. Yeah, hopefully. I texted you last last night, yesterday, sometime. If the Yankees win Game Two, are you? They have to sweep, right? I mean, you got your ace going up now. You won with Herman. You got your ace going now. You got to sweep. You have to expect to win every time Luis Severino takes the ball. This is just plain plain simple. And you know what you do. You do expect to win every time. Yankees are 12-1 and one in his starts this year. It's unbelievable. That's an ace. That means that no matter what, he keeps him in the game. He had that one bad game in Boston. Other than that, I mean, what can you complain about from him this year? He's been phenomenal. And I told you, you've been not complaining, but you've been stating, you know, before his last couple starts, he hasn't been as sharp. And I told you he'd be back. And, I mean, the last couple games, he's just been phenomenal. Even when he wasn't sharp, he was still really, he really was still good. Only giving up one run a game. It's just that like, Luis Severino sets such a high standard that if he doesn't go seven innings with fifteen strikeouts and allowing two runs, and that's you're what like, you want. what uh, two hits? Like you're like, what's wrong with this guy? You want him. You want to expect that out of him. I mean, that just shows how dominant he was. Is he the best pitcher in his prime? That you've seen or remembered in your lifetime right now. He's not in his prime. He's not even close to being in his physical prime. What is he, like 24 years old? That is the new prime. Oh, That's is the it? new baseball prime. Yeah, it used it to be 28. It used to be, not anymore. 28, you're getting old now. I hope he's not peaked by the time he's 28 years old. What I meant by that question is, have you in your lifetime seen a more dominant pitcher? For the New York Yankees? For no. the New York Yankees at this age, at this time. No, I, mean, I really you, haven't. Because this consistent, I mean, I can't think of anyone. 
Andy Pettit never had the type of no, stuff no, that no. Severino had. No, he had the composure and the mentality to to always keep the Yankees in a game. But I mean, Roger Clemens. Yeah, but his his big years were in Boston in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, in our lifetime, I I can't remember a guy this good. Anytime a Yankee got it, like in a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher that. They were at the end of the the rope, and uh, we had like Randy Johnson and Kevin Brown. So no, Oof. I don't. No, I. I mean, you can make the argument. I said this to you yesterday. You can make the argument that Luis Severino is the most valuable pitcher in the American League because of his age. I mean, you talk about Kluber, you talk about Sale, but they're not twenty four years old, and doing what he's doing. He's technically, in my opinion. The most valuable pitcher in in the American League, and you might even say all of baseball. I mean this this kid is this good, and you just hope, like you said, that he hasn't peaked and that this isn't it for him in a couple years. Uh, the Yankees really need to, you know, not that they haven't, uh, you know, jumped on Sevy's back and said, "Let's go," but they really, really need it now because. Uh, after Friday's game, the dreaded pitchers batting in the National League ballpark, Masahiro Tanaka landed himself on the disabled list with strains in not one, but both of his hamstrings. And he was so good, too. He gave up that early home run to Nimmo, and then, I mean, that might have been the best he's looked all season after that. It might be the best he's looked in two years, excluding the postseason. He had, what, eight strikeouts in five innings? He really settled down. and I don't think he gave up another hit after that Nimmo. I think the leadoff, the leadoff home run by, by Brandon Nimmo was the only hit Tanaka gave up in that entire game. I'm almost positive. Could be wrong. But I'm almost positive. And I remember after Nimmo hit it, I was just like, Jesus Christ, going to be one of these games now where... Masahiro Tanaka comes in and he and he gives up five solo home runs and we're going to lose the first game to the Mets because we're never going to hit Jacob DeGrom. And that wasn't the case either. I mean this this team is just this team is just so good. And I had a bunch of people Wow, you're right. I didn't think so. I was just looking up the the box score. Tanaka did not allow another hit after the leadoff home run to Nimmo. He he walked. He only allowed one other base runner on a walk. So he finished his night with uh, one earned run on the home run, one hit, one walk, and eight Ks in five innings. It was. I'm being serious. It was probably Tanaka the best he's looked in two years, excluding the postseason. And don't throw cold water on it and say it was the Mets because we've again, like we say I'm with Sonny so Gray, sick of hearing that shit. Like we say with Sonny Gray, he's gotten rocked by bad teams. So when he goes out there and he gives you that type of performance, you have to feel good about it. Hell yeah. And then uh, this is this is such the Mets thing to do, right? They have their ace on the mound. And I said it all day on Twitter yesterday that DeGrom is one of the top five pitchers in the world. Do you disagree with that statement? Oh, I'll make the argument that he could possibly be number one right now. So saying he's one of the top five pitchers in, in baseball is not an overstatement. I think it's an understatement. All right. So you have this guy on the mound who is pitching to, what, a sub-one ERA in his last eight starts. The Mets 
don't score for him. They don't win for him. When you have that type of guy on the mound and you're two and six in those starts, that's almost un- that's unheard of. It's unbearable. So Tanaka, I mean, uh, De- Degrom's cruising along, and then what happens? The Mets make an error on Masahiro <laughs> Tanaka. I mean, it's like the literally the most Mets thing to do that you have your ace on the mound, and a run scoring rally starts by an error on the pitcher. You don't just don't see teams do that type. But Adrian of thing. Gonzalez, who should have stopped playing baseball about five years ago. But the Mets bought him at the Nordstrom Rack, so you know he fits their <laughs> he fits their team well. Toward uh, the Grom, do you give up? Do you give up that run that inning for Tanaka's injury? Do you take back Tanaka's injury and give back that run? You know what you they still... brought that up on the post game, and uh, they were asking a question. You know, do you really knowing that because it wasn't a deep fly ball? Do you do you think that Nevin should have held him up? No, come on. No, because I I forget who said it. Flaherty and and uh, Curry were in the boot or were in the um, in the studio. It was studio. Curry who said it. You were t- you're going to say about the the days off that they technically only no, not even to... that. But you're trying to win the game. You're trying to win the game, and if this guy can't go from third to home. It's a problem. It's a not even. It's not a problem. But why aren't you pinch running for him if you're that concerned about it? Oh, Boone. Boone said he any other any other type of performance, he's probably pinch running to Tanaka there. But how could you? I mean, the guy was dominant. But a, even a decent throw from Jay Bruce gets him out at home. I mean, was that? No one's talking about how. Awful that throw was. Jay Bruce is just, he's just one of these guys right now that's just infected with the Met flu. And you feel bad for Jay Bruce because he's actually a really good guy. And, and he's a good ball player. He's and just, he's, and he, he's a good ball player and he wants to win. But, I mean, this team is just plagued. I mean, Cespedes finally on a rehab coming back and then he, you know, he, he has an LOLsbury incident where he, you know, feels a tightness in his whatever. And now he's set back again. I mean, this team just has a dark, dark cloud over it. And I don't know what is going to, what it takes for that cloud to go away. Well, I wrote a column. It's going up on NYY Sports Talk some point today. So maybe you'll read this and can read it in conjunction with listen to the pod. I said in the column that it there's a lot of differences between the Yankees and the Mets. And one of the big differences is who's penciling in their lineups right now. Aaron Boone and Mickey Calloway. Aaron Boone, when the team was nine and nine, he never showed any type yep. of—I uh, I can't even think of the word that I'm looking for right now—but he never wavered. He never st- stopped being that positive guy. And now, look, the team is what thirty-one and nine or thirty-three and nine now after uh, after these two I honestly, wins. Honestly, I think he never. But listen, he never. No matter how bad Sonny Gray was, never threw him under the bus. No matter. No matter how laughable Ellsbury's injuries was, never threw him under the bus. The Mets are searching for things right now. And both the general manager and Mickey Callaway threw Cespedes under the bus. If the guy is hurt, he's hurt. You don't bring his salary into question or whether he really wants to play. That just sends a bad message in the, in the, in the clubhouse. And Boone never went there. And now, look, his team is rewarding him. I think the word you're looking for, and I think, I think the most accurate word that I can describe Mickey Callaway right now as vulnerable because 
when he talks to the media. Yes, Boone never showed any vulnerability in those. In that, he, yeah, you're Mickey right. Calloway is almost sounds. He almost sounds scared at this point. He has shown all his vulnerability. When a manager sits there and talks, he doesn't. He he doesn't believe everything that's coming out of his mouth. But his job is to make you believe it. And Mickey Calloway doesn't do that. Yeah, you know, like when Boone's like, yeah, you know, Ellsbury will come back this year. You're like, no, but Boone said it, so. <laughs> Boone yeah. said it, so maybe. Maybe. You know, I, I'm not going to stress this enough. And I'm not saying this because of the Yankees record. I said it when they were 9-9. Nine and nine. Aaron Boone is doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And he is not getting half the credit he deserves right now. Because you're looking across into the Queens, into Queens, into Flushing, and you're watching a rookie manager do rookie manager things. And Aaron Boone could have very, very easily have done the same things, and he didn't. And this team we are watching now is one of the best teams we've seen in over a decade. Yep. But to bring it back home here, uh, Tanaka... Who initially it sounded like that they were ju- they were just gonna back him up because they have the off day on Monday they could they could back him up I thought a DL stint was likely because even if you're not gonna pitch him for eight or nine days you just might put as him well, on yeah but now it, Boone used the word weeks before we see him again they think they he could start again before the All Star break we're five weeks away from the All Star game or what so are we? this no, is a serious thing I mean they're not gonna rush him back. Nor should they if they if they think it's something more serious. Look, when you have an offense like this, and you have a guy who's pitching to a four plus ERA, you're not going to rush him back, especially after what he showed he could do in the postseason. You're not going to rush a guy like this back. You want him healthy for the for the home stretch of the season. Yeah, but now the Yankees have another hole in the rotation to fill. I honestly, I think I'm not saying they're happy that Tanaka is going on the DL. But I think they're all getting together and they're saying, look, this is our time now. This is our time to get a pitcher and also see what Justice Sheffield has. Somebody asked Cashman straight up what they thought or if Sheffield was uh, an option. And he he took this long route around the answer. I forget, I don't, I'm not going to look up the quote right so now. The, so his answer was yes. Was Whenever it? Cashman does that, his answer is yes. He just doesn't want to say it. Yeah, I guess when you look at it like that, Cashman never really tries to tip his hand when he's uh, trying to make a bigger move. Because the names you hear, you hear are David Hale and uh, uh, I'm, uh, Jonathan Lois. I, I don't even care. But uh, I don't even care about the names you're going to Because Hale and, and we'll just call him Jonathan. Okay. Because I know how to spell his name. I never heard anybody say his name. Loiza? No, it's L. Uh, who cares? L O L. I don't care. I don't care because it's going to be Justice Sheffield. And Aaron Boone was asked. Um, and they even threw out Luis Sess's name, who's uh, making a rehab start on Monday. So he can give them probably 70 pitches, 80 pitches on uh, come on. on Friday. Come on. Let me tell you something. I tweeted it yesterday before you finish your thought there. If those are your options, just bring the kid up. <coughs> and he's been phenomenal. I mean, this kid just start after start has been phenomenal. Chance Adams clearly doesn't want it because every time he has a no, good start, he backs it up him. with a bad start. I'm so done with him. That's that, Let me tell you something. Aaron Boone was asked 
some type of question about Tanaka, this being long-term, and he said something to the effect of we're in the process of working on getting a pitcher up here. That statement alone to me was we're working on getting Justice Sheffield on the on the 40 man so we can call him up. I mean, at this point if Tanaka was going to miss one start, <coughs> that's one thing. I don't want to see Justice Sheffield come up here and 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 spot start on a doubleheader or spot start when a starter's out for one game. But if Tanaka's going to be gone and we don't know if maybe he'll make another start before the All-Star break, what are you waiting for at this point? Just let it happen. All right, I found the quote. Uh, Brian Hulk tweeted this yesterday. Cashman was asked specifically about Justice Sheffield being promoted. He this is, These are uh, Hulk's words. He sidestepped the question, and here's the quote from uh, Cashman. We pretty much, I think, have an idea of what we're going to do. We're not going to deal with it now because we don't have to, because things can change injury-wise. That's a yes. I mean, if you're looking at that in any other way, you're wrong. That's a yes. That's a yes. We're calling up Justice Sheffield. We're not going to say anything now, right? We still have a little bit of time. We have to put him on the four. We have to get him on the forty man. I don't know who comes off at that point. Who? I mean, who do you take off at that point? And what's the process of taking someone off the forty man? Do you have, you have to, to designate them? You have to DFA them, yeah. correct? So, I mean, that's a tough, tough decision. That's a very difficult decision. Who do you see that... I, I mean... Man, I, I, Billy McKinney? I, I don't know. You don't have... No, you got... There's guys oh, down yeah, there. Oh, yeah, you have like you have like guys like Gallegos and Cole... Yeah, yeah. There's guys there that they they keep that they could bring up for depth, but they're not. Uh, I always I stop thinking of pitches. I mean, the Yankees have so much bullpen. Jonathan Loisiga, Loisiga. I guess that's how you say his name. But the guy's never pitched. He pitches in Double A. So I mean, like, do you really want? Oh, them to, that kid. Yeah, he's actually having a really good year, isn't he? In Double A. I don't care if he's that if he's really that much of a prospect. Why is he not in Triple A? Although apparently he was supposed to take one of the starts in Detroit had they completed all the games in Baltimore, but I, it's coming. And Justice Sheffield needs to get up here, and he needs to take a deep breath and not let the situation overcome him. Because I think if he can stay composed, he could be the answer that we're looking for. All right, last I'll say on this. If it's one start, like I originally thought, yeah, who cares? Bring like one of these vagabonds come up and take the start, and then Tanaka will be back. Right. But if it's going to be five weeks, what is that? Six or seven starts you could possibly make yeah, in that time. About let the kid do it. Let him do it because then that's enough time to show us to show us that he's capable of doing right. this. And then maybe you don't need to make a trade. Well, at this point, you're going to make a trade no matter what. I think they still will, but if Tanaka's going to be back before the trade deadline, and then Sheffield's already proven that he can handle this, maybe the Yankees don't. That's the that's what. Uh, that's oh what I well, listen. It. I mean, I've been saying it for how many weeks now? If you're talking about a guy at the caliber, or even just a little under the ground, to go out and make a trade for you, make that trade. 
But when we're talking about guys like Cole Hamels, and that's not a knock on Cole Hamels, but he's not a top-tier pitcher. He's just not. He's a guy who's going to fill in and slot in a 3-4 position in this rotation, and you hope he gives you enough to get you through the postseason. But at that point, why are we not seeing if Justice Sheffield is better than that? This is his opportunity now. And if Tanaka comes back healthy, yeah, maybe they don't make a trade for a starting pitcher. Maybe then they go out and get a guy like Hand or someone to to add another piece to this already dominant bullpen. Who, by the way, I tweeted this the other night at Tack on more innings now. Last night, I mean, I think they're thirty. How many innings did the bullpen pitch last night? Uh, Herman went six, so he pitched three. So thirty-six and a third innings. This Yankee bullpen has only given up three earned runs. Yeah, they've, they've definitely they've been got dominant. back on track. All right, here we go. Let's recap the games real quick. Uh, Friday, Yanks win uh, 4-1. to one. Uh, Nimmo jumps Tanaka real quick with the with the, uh, with the home run. Tanaka settles down. DeGrom is dealing, like we said when we were recapping the injury. Then all of a sudden, the, the Mets thing to do. They make an error on the pitcher, which allows a run. And then, you know, who steps up with the big hit? Brett Gardner. And let's not discredit Torres either. I mean, Torres Torres got on base a few times that game and set up some, some big runs scored. But, you know, here's what I'll say about Brett Gardner. Plays hard. He, he does play <laughs> hard. Unfortunately, he's not with us today to tell us about that home run. But, you know, uh, the guy, he... Everybody wants to knock. Oh, Brett Gardner's not good at this. Gardner's not good at that. But you know what? He's a constant cog in this lineup. Works counts all the time. Tough at bat. And he always seems to get a hit Yeah. when the Yankees need him to. Always. You don't hear any more of this bullshit. Oh, the Yankees should get rid of Gardner. He's too old to play anymore. No, he shut everyone up with his bat. And he's a great, he's a phenomenal fielder. There's, You can make an argument that defensively he is one of the best outfielders in the game when he was scuffling through the beginning of the year I never worried about him because we always know we know we should know at what point now in his career what type of player brett gardner right. is i tweet i text this to you all the time bad brett gardner is the worst player in major league Ever. baseball but hot brett gardner is one of the most fun players in major league baseball Absolutely. because he's hitting home runs he's ripping doubles he's rounding the bases yeah. he's getting pumped up mid-game love i love his intensity but how what a Mets thing to do also to to take the lead in both games and give a little hope because I had Mets fans all my friends are Mets fans except for you right everyone's everyone's texting me and 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 they didn't mean it in a malicious way they meant it in more of a way that you said it that the Mets would do you know they'd come in and they'd kill the Yankees and then just go back to sucking like, that would be something the Mets would do. I got a bunch of those texts. Like, the Mets are going to kill the Yankees this weekend just just to give us a little hope. But, you know, they had a little... They gave a little hope in the first inning of both games last night. Fans are like, oh, 3 nothing. This is it. This is our breakthrough. Nope. Uh, what I wanted to ask you real quick on Guardy is... He's a free agent at the end of the year. You throw out you throw out a two year contract to him. I mean, he's gonna be is he's thirty four now. Is he? Tur- he might turn thirty five in August. Um, 
I think it all depends on. I think it all depends on what happens with Clint Frazier. Um, what they see in his future, if he's still here. Um, if you have a guy like Clint Frazier still here next year, I don't know what you do with Brett Gardner, but I don't want to see Gardner in another team's uniform. Yeah, Brett, uh, Gardy's turning 35 on August 24th, so, you know, baseball standard, that's that's old. I don't want to see him in another uniform. I mean, for two years, is he worth, <coughs> even, if, even if he's not a starter anymore, is he worth... Having a guy on your bench as your fourth outfielder? Maybe. But I mean, I, like the problem said, with that is Gardy can get starter money somewhere, even at the age of 34, 35. He could. He maybe. It's a, it's all going to depend he on... He could probably get two years, $20, 25000000 million from somebody. But again, you never know. You've seen how many guys that are act, that are better than Gardner that sat around and didn't get paychecks this year. Yeah. So. I mean, I see Gardy... Retiring as a Yankee, I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. If he still wants to play, the Yankees will make something happen for him, and they should. All right, so then uh, we move on to last night's game. Uh, like you said, the Mets jump out three nothing. Uh, Todd Frazier hits a home run in the first inning. I don't know if you know this, but he was. Did a, he play in the Little League? He World was a Series? Little League World Series hero. Wow. He's from Tom uh, Tom's, Tom's River. River. Yeah. Did he stand next to Derek Jeter? And after they won the Little League World Series, he got his picture taken got with Derek it. Jeter got on it. the field. I didn't know that. Thank you. Look, we made fun of it a lot last year, and it was annoying when he was a member of the Yankees. That every time he came up to the plate, the Yes Network had to show that folder, uh, that that picture. <laughs> it's just obnoxious now. <laughs> it really is. Like we get it, okay. Guy, when a guy was 12 years old, he won the Little League World Series and got his picture taken with Derek Jeter. Great. You get it. It's enough now. <laughs> and then what happened after Herman uh, gives up the three runs early? I text you. I say, watch. He's going to settle in now. He's going to do just enough to prove to the Yankees he deserves another start. He'll get into the sixth. And what did he do? That's exactly what he did. And you could also make the argument that that was the best outside of that first inning. Might have been the best he's looked as a Yankee starting well, pitcher. Well, since the, the no-hitter. Uh, I think he looked better this game. I think his stuff was a lot sharper. Yeah, his, You know what? That's true. His He had a lot more uh, zip on that zip on the fastball. Yeah, I think he, his velocity was up. He was, I, eating, he was eating guys up with that changeup, too. Yeah, and it made his changeup that much more effective. I, I think stuff-wise, that was the best I've seen Herman look. I really do. But then, you know... I, I don't know if it was the Mets making him look better than it actually was, again, but... Again, I don't care. We've seen him get rocked against bad teams, yeah, so... I've, yeah, I don't... I don't... I'm done discrediting anybody for anything they do. If, they never should if be... Some, if somebody does something against a team in a major league uniform, they get credit for it. Absolutely. Or if they do something bad against a team in a major league uniform, they don't get credit for it. Absolutely. When you're on this level, everything's on a level. Yeah, you like to see guys perform better against better teams, better players, but you know what? You're all major leaguers. It, I'm not going to quantify anything. When Severino got... got ripped by the Red Sox this year. Did everyone go, but guys, it was the Red Sox. They're one of the best offenses in baseball. Do you expect him to not get rocked? No. No matter who the opponent is, you expect your guys to go out there and win a baseball game. So we shouldn't expect someone to just be great against a bad team. You don't expect someone to be bad against a great team. You expect them to go out there and and keep your team in the game. So it doesn't matter who your opponent is. 
You should have one mission every time, and that's to keep your team in the game and win that game. And Herman did that. So he, again, earned another start. So the Mets, who can't score, jump up 3 nothing, and then go back to being the Mets because they don't score again for the rest of the game. And then the Yankees, you know, Mats was good. He wasn't great. He got a lot of help on the inside corner. Yes, too much help. Too much help. I don't want to make a big deal about the umpires, but you know what? Man, Aaron Judge gets screwed. Well, it's it's not it's not a secret. He has the he has the most percentage of balls called strikes against him in Major League Baseball. <coughs> is it his height? What is it? They can't. They, the umpires still don't know how to call the zone against him. Most of it is, if you notice, most of it is low. Low. But last night was inside. Yeah, last night was inside, and it wasn't just him. It, it was wasn't just, just him. Stan got it. Hicks got it too. But. Uh, you know, they don't, Mets don't score. Herman settles in. Yanks start chipping away. I mean, Glaber Torres gets him on the board. And then a few innings later, I mean. His buddy, Andujar. Miguel Andujar. I mean, what do you want to, what can you say about these two kids that you haven't said already? Everyone is saying now that Otani's on the DL, you know, Torres is going to be up for. Rookie of the year, and then it's like, I'm not what so about, sure it's a given, though. What about Miguel Andujar? I mean, this kid, these both of them are so special. You constantly see them come up in these big moments. And it's not too big for them. And it's never too big for them. The game is never too big for them. Do you see if you agree with me on this? I was just thinking about this. Like, in the dynasty years, you had the core four, you had Bernie. Um, not Bernie. Yeah, Posada, Jeter, Rivera, and Pettit, right? Those mm-hmm. were like the big... And then Bernie was always like the fifth guy. Yeah. Don't you feel like Andujar is going to be that fifth guy? Maybe. That Judge and San... I, I don't even want to talk dep- about Gary Sanchez right now. Oh, but my God. Like Judge and Torres will... I don't... Excuse me, will get most of the, the, the publicity yes. and the lights. But there's going to be always Miguel Andujar, the steady force in the lineup, getting clutch hits all the time. I can't answer that question until after the season's over. Because we still, in the back of our minds, have this idea that if the right pitcher comes along, Miguel Andujar could be packaged in that deal. So until that's over and done with, and I know this guy's here to stay, then I'll answer that question. But yeah, I know what you mean. Because Torres can go 0 for 5, and Andujar can go 4 for 4 with a three-run home run, and people are still talking about Torres. And they're not really praising Andujar for what he's done. I mean, I think Sharp tweeted it last night. He has, what, eight home runs in his career now, Andujar? Four of them have been to either tie the game or give him the lead. And this is a guy the Yankees did everything in their power to keep in the minor leagues this year. I said it. They went out and got another third baseman to keep Miguel Andujar. I want everyone to go back to the podcast when we talked about what the Yankees should do with Andujar and everything. Because I flipped. I flipped. I said, he's not going to be a liability at third base. And this kid's your future. He should be up right now. And you were not wrong on that. He's shown that he can handle third base. He's certainly shown he can swing the bat. So, I mean, there's... I think the Yankees should tell us everyone sucks the way they told us Andujar sucked at third. <laughs> because now when he makes a phenomenal play, I'm even more shocked. I mean, this he's not he hasn't just been good at third base. He's been great. He's made some really difficult plays that from the scouting report fans got, we didn't think he was capable of making them. 
And his arm is just phenomenal. His arm is, you know, he's not Manny Machado, but he's up there. So then uh, Anthony Swarzak comes in. He gets greeted by a home run by Aaron Judge. And he... <laughs> Did you see my tweet on that, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> my wife literally, I, I, I tapped her on the leg, and I said, oh, Swarzak's in your boy, because she friggin' she hated him when he was on the Yankees. And then I didn't think he was here long enough for anybody to form an opinion on oh, him. Oh, I hated him. And then the words came out of her mouth, Anthony Swarzak, doesn't he suck? And as she said that, the ball came in and Judge rocked it over the wall. And I just went, yep, he sucks. And for Katie Sharp tweeted this out. I don't have the exact numbers. For anybody that thinks the Yankees are a product <coughs> of their own ballpark, they've hit more home runs on the road in less games this season. I think 51 on the road, 49 at home. That was after Friday's game. Yeah. So that number so even... So add three. Yeah. So that... Their, their power travels. They can hit ballpark... Uh, home runs out of any ballpark. Add three in a ballpark. Add another three in a ballpark that guys don't hit home runs in. No. The home guys don't hit home runs. And it seems that visiting players don't really have a problem in that ballpark. I guess not. If you ever watch a Met game, the opponents seem to have no problems hitting home runs there. It's just the Mets. It's crazy. And then Chapman comes in. Of course, he's got to make things hairy. Walks two guys, but you know what? He's pitching through pain. And I told you this. When uh, they broke that news on Friday night that he's got this tendonitis in his knee and he's been working through it for about three weeks, he's going to wind up on a disabled list soon. But let's be fair. They didn't break the news. It just they couldn't hide it anymore with Chapman limping around City Field. So at that point, they had to come out with it, and not only did they tell us what was going on, they said it was the most pain or discomfort he's felt since since it all happened. So but at that point, you're thinking in your head, like, this is just going to get worse. He's going to go on a DL if for no other reason than for precautionary reasons, get him some rest, get the tendonitis out of there. And I think what they're really waiting for is I think they're waiting for Tom Canley to straighten himself out. Let me ask you this, though. What's the point of putting him on the 10-day, then, at that point? Why not just have him sit in the bullpen just in case you truly need him? I mean, big-time situation, you need to go to Chapman. Oh, why Don't you think they'll pick and choose when they're ready to put him on the DL, maybe a 10-, 15-day stretch where they're playing mediocre teams? I don't think they'll do it if they have, like, six games with Boston coming up. I don't know. I don't. I just don't see the point. I just told you to get rest him, get the ten and nice out of there. If you're going to sit him for five or six games, you might as well sit him for ten and bring up another arm. What other arms do we have at this point? I just told you. I think they're waiting for Tommy Canley to straighten himself out. Okay, we'll see. I don't think he DLs. I don't. I don't. I, I could see it happening. I just don't think it's going to. Because how much? I mean, how much more are you going to push this guy? He's you know, Chapman's a beast, man. He is, but you're gonna at what at what cost? In June, right now, are you going to potentially hamper him in October? I mean, and I'll tell you what, Dylan Batances has shown you right now that his his stuff last night was as good as I think I've ever oh seen it. Oh my god! I mean, he had guys complaining about that inside. Curveball, or it was slot. it was on the plate. I mean, Jesus, I'm he was so, and maybe it's just because it's been a while since we've seen him that no, nasty. It's been a while. Oh <laughs> my god, man! And then he comes in with that hundred mile per hour fastball, just like he used to, high top of the zone, 
just enough to be a strike, but just high enough. I had a feeling he'd he'd show this against the Mets because he's a he's a Bronx kid. You get, they were interviewing before the game on Friday, uh, and he said that he grew up with a lot of Mets fans, and they would always go at each other. And he said that he kind of wanted to stick it to his friends nice. this weekend. So nice. I mean, if Dylan Batances is going to be the 2015 Dylan Batances, I mean, or 16, really not until 17, or even the pre All Star break last year, <laughs> Dylan. But I mean, the guy. The guy's one of the top relievers in Major League Baseball, except for the hiccups that he had at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Yeah. And they were saying on the broadcast last night, Larry found something and fixed a mechanical flaw. Well, thanks for doing something, Larry, because apparently it's worked. <laughs> it really has. I mean, this bullpen's just been unhittable lately. So uh, we look ahead to tonight. Um I honestly thought this would this series would be trouble for the Yankees. It hasn't been easy, but the you know the Yankees have done just enough to win. Again, showing reasons why they're better than the Mets because they they continue to put pressure on pitchers. They continue, even if you're shutting them down, they find that one mistake. If here's what I love about this team, and maybe we've just gotten so used to them winning at this point, but like if you close your eyes, right? And someone asked you, how many games have the Yankees won in their last 10 games? Would you even think they've won nine? Probably, because that's all they do. Four in a row again? It's just like it comes out of nowhere. You said this to me last night. It's like like you blink and the Yankees win five games in a row. It's crazy. And And they're still yet to lose three in a row. I mean, this team is doing something that, yeah, 98, great, but I was only 10 years old. Not even, you know, I, yeah, I remember them winning the World Series. It was such a big moment in my life, but I don't remember watching 162 games of a team this good. Now I can. I mean, I've never seen this before. I was like a sophomore, junior in high school that year. And I don't even, I'll be honest with you. I watched a good amount of baseball, but that team was just so good. Once you got past game one of the World Series, I honestly don't even remember the World Series after Tino Martinez's home run because you just you took it for granted that they were going to win the rest of that series. They swept. Yeah. How, they only lost two games that whole... In the whole postseason. In the whole postseason. And it was, they were both against the Mariners, no? Or was, no, no that was 2000... That was 2001, I think. The Indians, they beat in the ALCS that year. They might have only lost one game in that <laughs> no, postseason. They, no, they uh, two. They won in six games. But uh, so look ahead to tonight. We got Severino versus Seth Lugo. I mean, I never get on the team if they don't sweep. You always like to win series, and sometimes the last game is will get away from you. But tonight, no. Yankees have to sweep with Sevy on the man. If if Sevy pitched yesterday, Domingo Herman's pitching tonight. You say, look, they took the series. Hopefully, Herman goes out there, blah, blah, blah. No, but, but Severino is pitching. The Mets are reeling. They send the guard he's, his finger, whatever. People want to make fun of him for it. If the guy's hurt, he's hurt, whatever. But he's not taking the ball tonight. They're turning to Seth Lugo, who's a spot starter, win the, win the game. That's it. I want, a, I want a serious. And don't be scared to to go over the top here, Okay. I want a serious line out of you from Severino tonight. Seven and two-thirds, 11 strikeouts, one run on five hits. I have complete game shutout. 
uh, eight strikeouts. Complete game shutout. Yep. All right. I think he's going to be that dominant. Two hits, maybe. I think he's going to be that Why not good. a perfect game? I think he's going to be that good. Why not a perfect game tonight? You two hits. Why not a perfect game? Go, go I'm the such full. An asshole. Didn't you guys tell me to stop doing this shit? Yeah, I did. Now he's going to go out he's there and give four out runs in the, first, in the inning. first inning. Thanks. I want five hundred dollars wired to my PayPal account <laughs> if he get if he gets knocked down in the first inning tonight. <sighs> so after tonight, Yankees actually do return home. They got two against the Nationals. Another one of these fucking stupid two-game series. I'm so sick of this schedule. And then it's backed up with a four-game set against Tampa Bay before they hit the road again to make up that game and a half against the Nationals on the on Monday. But um, I'll be in the ballpark on Thursday for a Gator bobblehead night, so that should be fun. Mm. Mm. So uh, don't know when we'll talk to you again because Chris is traveling and the day he's going to be home, I'm not going to be around because I'll be at the stadium. So we'll see where we fit in. But we'll definitely uh, speak to you next Sunday, right? Yeah. Next Sunday's Father's Day. We'll work something out. Probably. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So maybe no midweek pod this week. We'll have to see how things break out. But definitely we'll be back next Sunday. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the uh, Sunday afternoon pod to listen to. Be figured it was good with Chris traveling, having the plane ride to edit and get. And since the game's so late, you could fit the pod in before the game. Yeah. So uh, it'll only be five o'clock for me. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? When I'm watching the game. So what are you gonna do? I'm gonna watch the game. Get some room service. Maybe hit the town. Some room service and then some room <laughs> service. Housekeeping. Mommy fluff pillow. <laughs> All right. So. Yankees number trivia, episode 51. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Do I have enough to answer yeah, that? Yeah, you do. Now passing for the Yankees, number 51, Bernie Williams, number 51. Well, I'm glad you got that one. I would have been really scared if you... Come on. Next next episode should be easy, and yes. then the one after that should also be pretty easy. Really? Then, yeah. All right. Uh, maybe not that easy, but you should you should know yeah, you should I know think I have you it. should know two players. Yeah, right? I think I have. I think I have it. All right, so uh, episode fifty one is, is is in the books. Thank you for listening. Please check out the description of this podcast for the links to our social media accounts and our website. And uh, that's it, buddy. Right? That's it, man. Have a safe trip. We'll see you when you get back. Great. And uh, Chris, I kinda like you. Say goodbye. Hey!